Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. There are many ways to affect change in our community. Here at United Way, we raise funds and mobilize volunteers around our community's most difficult issues. In Madison, at the Wisconsin State Legislature, Representative David Crowley works with his peers on both sides of the aisle to advocate for issues affecting an area of Milwaukee that is close to his heart, the near northwest side. It is in this neighborhood where David grew up playing on the playground near his grandma and the uncle's house. And this is the neighborhood where he now resides with his family. I feel very fortunate to have been able to talk to David and learn some surprising things. First of all, he's only 30 years old. We also chatted about how he makes the issue of black male incarceration resonate with his colleagues in the legislature and the quotes he lives by. Hint, Yoda is involved. Representative Crowley, can you just briefly explain what you do in your role as representative for Assembly District 17 in the Wisconsin State Legislature? It was kind of hard to do that briefly, um, but as uh, I am the state representative of the 17th Assembly District, and my role is to be a voice of the people, and so what my job is to do is make sure that their voice is being heard in Madison. And so what I do is I constantly go door to door, talk to folks, one, to get elected, but two, to get an understanding of what the issues are in the community, whether that relates to early childhood education, criminal justice, jobs, or health care. My job is to advocate for the, the, the limited resources that we have at the state and make sure that those resources are not only coming to the city of Milwaukee, but going into undeserved neighborhoods as well. Can you just share uh, what area does Assembly District 17 cover? Absolutely. So uh, it's like the near northwest side. So I can go as far south as North Avenue. I go as far west as the border of Wauwatosa. Um, and if you've seen the maps, it's kind of really difficult to, to really explain. But I can go also as far north as, as Hampton. If you're between Hampton and Capitol, I can go as far east as 35th Street. And if you're between Capitol and North Avenue, I go as far east as 49th Street. Wow. Yeah, so we have some, we have some good uh, places in the district. We have Midtown Shopping Center. Um, but one of, the, one of my uh, biggest, uh, uh, I guess, brick-and-mortar buildings in the area would be the St. Joseph's Hospital, and I'm really, I'm really excited to be representing them. And so what drew you to representing that area? Is that where you live? That is where I live. I, 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 I ran for alderman, actually, at first. I, for the past uh, four years before running for state representative, I worked for Senator Nakia Harris-Dodd in the same area, and I've lived on 40, uh, 53rd and Capitol um, physically for the past uh, couple of years now. Uh, but also grew up in the neighborhood. My grandma, my grandmother and my uncle owned homes in this particular neighborhood around the, the Sherman uh, Street Elementary School. And I used to actually uh, play at the playground there. And so it's, uh, it's ironic that I'm now representing this area. So, David, you're 30, 30 mm -hmm. years old, um, recently yes. turned 30. How do you build the ability to influence and have influence and um, have credibility being so young in your work as a politician? Well, a lot of, a lot of that I can, I can definitely credit to, to Urban Underground, doing so much community work. It has, I have had to rely on understanding the history of Milwaukee. And so that has given me the ability to know more of my elders and build relationships with them, understanding the history. But two, where I come from and working with young people and doing youth development with Urban Underground, 
it's it's much easier for me to talk to millennials nowadays, much easier for me to talk to anybody 35 and under um, because I understand the issue that they are facing. It does come with some struggles and some barriers because you have some folks who've been there for a while who look at me as like, oh, that's this young buck. But even though I'm a freshman legislator, I'm not a freshman to the legislature because I've been there for four years under the under uh, Senator Nakia Harris died and I've had awesome mentors throughout my my career to where if I can't do it, I know somebody that I can call on. And I understand that I am only one person, and I, and I make sure to understand the strengths that are around me, and that's mostly the relationships that I've created within the past few years. And so you explained a little bit about, in general, some of the issues that you cover in your work um, and that you try to advocate for. Let's get a little bit more specific. What are some of the issues that are close to your heart that you've been working on lately? Well, right now, uh, early child education is definitely one. Uh, we always talk about what we need within our school systems um, and what happens after the school system, which either is higher education or if you go down a particular uh, downward spiral may be uh, the criminal justice system. And I think one of the things that we can do for our families is really focus on building a better foundation of learning in our children before they enter any public school or private school that they that they deem necessary. And so early child education, uh, the, the other one is, 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 our, is our health, health care, uh, not knowing what's going to happen at the federal level, but making sure that we continue to fight that make, to make sure that uh, those in, uh, living in underserved communities are continuously getting care, uh, as well as a criminal justice system. Um, here in the city of Milwaukee, we have 50% uh, of black men in their 40s and, uh, excuse me, 30s and 40s have been incarcerated or dealt with the prison industrial complex in some capacity. Um, and that can stay with them for a very long time, if not forever. And so what we need to do is make sure that we put uh, mechanisms in place so these individuals can actually return into society, but more importantly, can actually uh, get a job to actually take care of their families as well. And from a legislative standpoint, how does that work? How do you impact, let's, let's take the issue of um, incarceration. What do you do in your job to make sure that life is a little bit better for, for folks once they're getting out of prison, kind of entering back into society? Well, because I'm dealing with the legislative process, it's really helping those uh, folks who uh, understand who don't necessarily live in the city of Milwaukee, who don't see this as a problem, putting a face to it, uh, put a face to this issue. Um, I have an older brother who's been through the criminal justice system. Growing up on 23rd and Burleigh, I have many friends that have been through the criminal justice system. And even though they try to get back, uh, their voices isn't being heard. And so it's my job to talk to my colleagues on my side of the aisle and across the aisle to let them know how this issue is affecting them and really giving them the ideas uh, to fix this problem. For example, uh, banning the box, you know, giving a, a ex-offender the ability to to fill out a job application without checking that box saying that they are a felon. And it's not just, it's not to say that a, a company shouldn't be able to do a background check, but one, we wanna make sure that we're protecting those who are applying for jobs to give them the confidence that they can get a job based off their merits and that this felon, uh, this F on their record doesn't necessarily come back to haunt them, but also to make sure that we're protecting companies as well. Uh, this is a, I think this is a perfect way to make sure that companies are doing their due diligence and also instilling confidence in society that they're not just looking at where you live and what you've done in your past in order for you to get a job. What challenges have you faced in trying to tackle this issue? Many, uh, many challenges. Um, a lot of people believe that, you know, you, you, you do the crime, you do the time. 
Um, but a lot, I think right now we're focusing on what happens after you do the time. And slowly but surely, I think we are moving the needle forward. I think uh, a lot of people are seeing that this is an issue that we have to tackle, especially when you know we lock up more people um, than anybody in the, in the, in the country. Uh, Wisconsin locks up more African-Americans than anybody else in the country. Uh, male, male specifically, but also the 53206 zip code, which is also here in the city of Milwaukee, which I grew up, by the way. Um, that is the most uh, incarcerated zip code in the country, if not the world. And so I think people are starting to see that there, there is an effect that the criminal justice is having, and now it's the time to correct it. We know that the system isn't perfect, but we could definitely strengthen it to make it better. So what made you interested in pursuing a political career? It's interesting that you say that because uh, I never thought that I would be involved in politics, nor did I ever think that I would run. Um, it actually happened when I started doing community work, and we can talk about the organization Urban Underground that pretty much saved my life. And it introduced me, one, to different avenues that I never would have looked at, uh, understanding oppression, racism, uh, classism, ableism, the things that affect young people every day. And when I, when I, when I was organizing with Urban Underground, we were definitely empowering folks. We were giving people the tools that they needed in order to fix up their communities. But I quickly learned that we can give all the tools that we need into these communities, but if we don't affect the policies that are directly affecting or holding certain people's back or a group of people back, then we're, I'm doing my, my community a disservice. And so when I worked for Senator Nikia Harris died, I decided that I was going to run for alderman. I lost that race, which is a blessing in disguise because it set me up to run for, uh, for, for state representative, where I now have the ability to, to organize but also advocate on a broad, a, a, a wide range of, of, of issues. How old were you when you decided to uh, I got involved in Urban Underground. I was 16 years old. I was uh, 16 years old. It was my junior year at Bayview High School, and they came to, they were in our, our cafeteria, and I'll never forget this day. It was a guy that I used to run the block with, because I was a, everybody was a knucklehead back in the day, right? And I was a knucklehead, and a, a friend of mine who I used to, to hang out with calls me to a table in the cafeteria, and I went over there, said, hey, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I forgot what I called you for. But right behind him was... Uh, uh, Reggie Moore, Charlene Moore, and Benny Patterson coming to recruit uh, young people for this program. And I just see all these pictures um, on a slideshow. And I, you know, I asked, asked Benny, who ended up actually come, becoming my best friends uh, to this day. I was like, what is this program? And he was like, this is Urban Underground. We just a youth leadership organization. Um, and we, we're going to be doing some organizing. At the time, I didn't really care. I just said, is it going to be girls there? And <laughs> And 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 um, and I and I actually stuck with it. And ironically, when you know when I was going through the program, they have an interview process um, to basically have children or, or um, children weed themselves out of the process to see who's dedicated. And I, even though I went through the whole process, I had my interviews. I remember Reggie coming in and saying, "Oh, we're gonna have these. We're gonna have the the orientation on this day." I never got an acceptance letter. Oh. <laughs> but I remember that orientation day and so I showed up and you know we're there and they're talking about the letter and my mama's in my ear talking about boy if you ain't in this program <laughs> and luckily I was actually in the program we had just moved and uh, we got the mail got caught up but it's an organization that's really saved my life and helped me on this path uh, that I'm on today. Tell me about why you say it saved your life. 
Wow. So um, I went to, as far as my, my schooling and where I live, I went to Our Avenue, Mech Middle School in Bayview High School. A community school. school yes. Supported by, in part by United Way. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And then um, I, um, I grew up on 23rd and Burleigh and 22nd and Brown. And living in those areas was, was really rough. I mean, my, 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 my parents were on drugs um, a, good, a good number of years that I was younger. Um, we were, my mother struggled to take care of us. Um, I remember being evicted at least three times within a two-year span and, you know, hanging around the wrong crowd. And so when Urban Underground came around, it was really, it was my way of escaping my own reality. It was a way of escaping the environment that I was, I was, I was raised in. And, and not to say that anybody can, everybody is a, is a quote unquote product of their environment, um, but you can also be a byproduct. And me being that byproduct uh, was because of Urban Underground and, and really teaching me not only about my community, but about myself as well. Learning how to love myself, how to love others, um, but, but doing for yourself in order to do for others. And it really sh shined a light on the, the type of values that we really need to instill. And one of the reasons why I'm here today is, you know, my community helped me out and saved my life, so this is my way of giving back and saving my community. What kind of community do you want? That is probably the toughest question I ever had. Um, I want a community where we are all accepted. I want a community where education is valued at its highest. I want a community where, where we understand that we have to take care of our own square and our own house, but understanding how that fits into the bigger picture of taking care of all the squares around us as well. I want a community that's, that, that values education, that values health, that values um, community wealth, that values access to information and access to, to jobs and, and access to, to money and resources. I want a community that actually believes in itself. Um, and, you know, I know all this probably sounds cliche, but we just need to really be focusing on a community that's going to just uplift each other uh, without, you know, creating these walls or barriers that we constantly bring about and talk about. A lot of the times when we talk in, talk in politics, we talk about what the Republicans want and what the Democrats want. And sometimes we actually have the same goals. We just have different pathways of getting there. And, and really accepting the fact that it's okay being different as well. That's, that's a good, good community I want to live in because um, it was a struggle, especially coming from where I come from, feeling accepted in, in, in community, in, in society. And it's one quote that really helped me out, and this is the quote that I would love my community to live by, which is, you all laugh at me because I'm different but I laugh at you all because you're the same and nobody should be the same in the community. We all have different roles. Not every role is for everybody, but understanding that we all have a, we, we're all a piece of the puzzle. What advice would you give to listeners who are looking to get involved, make a difference, kind of help get a little bit closer towards that community that you described? Never give up, never give up. Um, I always say this quote, and it's so funny because I always give a dollar to somebody who knows it. And the quote is, uh, try means to fail with honor. Do not try. Do. And if, for those who don't know who made that quote or who said that quote, that's Yoda from Star Wars, actually. And the thing is, is that a lot of times we need to just do the job that we were set out to do. And there's nothing wrong with failing because in order to be successful, we must double our failure rate. 
and to get out there and continue to work hard. Don't uh, allow anybody or anything uh, put blinders over you. Don't allow anything to distract you because even though you may have failed once or twice, you still have the power to get up. And that's the greatest power that we all have is that we always have another chance at life, another chance to do something better. And so even if you feel that this is the last days, if you feel like you know this is your time, as long as you continue to believe in yourself and those around you, we will make it. Well, Representative David Crowley, thank you so much, and thank you for your service and representing, rep, representing our city. Well, thank you for this opportunity, and I hope to look, uh, look forward to being here more often and uh, connecting with your listeners. That was Representative David Crowley of the Wisconsin State Legislature, representing Assembly District 17, covering the near northwest side of Milwaukee. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. Do you have a great idea for a story or interview you would like to hear on this podcast? Send me a line with your idea by visiting our website, unitedwaygmwc.org podcast.